Hello there! You're listening to Second Look, the podcast from the Outset Podcast Network, where we pause and we step back and re-exam at... re-exam? Re-examine at uh, a little bit less intense, a little bit less um, reactive pace. Things going on in politics and culture. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, Let me tell you what, this show would not be possible if it were not for our awesome sponsors, Octopod, and their mobile charging solutions. Octopod has little backup batteries that you can buy for your phone or for your tablet, and um, if you buy one of those, it supports us as a show, and it also supports an awesome business, and... It is a great product. You will not regret your purchase, let me tell you. Uh, if you go to octo-pod.com slash outset and use the coupon code outset at checkout, you can get 50% off for a limited time. So last week we had a special edition of the show that aired on Wednesday, and if you have not listened to that episode yet, pause this one, Go back and listen to last week's. It was a really fun episode to make, and uh, you still have the shot to win a mystery digital prize if you answer all the questions correctly. Hang on, let me say that again. Mystery digital prize! And the deadline for getting back to me on that is you have until... 11.59 p.m. on July 31st, and that will, of course, be Arizona time. What other time is there? Uh, Best state ever. But if you tweet me your score before 11.59 p.m. Arizona time on, let's see, Friday? Friday, July 31st. Whoever has the highest score, and this is the honor system, please don't cheat, will receive a mystery digital prize. A mystery digital prize. And so, yeah, tweet me. That's why you have to listen to last week's episode. Like I said, it was really fun to make. It aired on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Um... So check that out if you haven't already. Speaking of August, I cannot believe it's already August. We're heading into everyone's just favorite, favorite time of the presidential cycle. I know it is mine. Debate season. (laughs) I love debate season, and I... I think it stems from the fact that I crave hearing candidates talk about more serious things and actual policies. And I know that some of the debate is just showboating and um, testing for applause. But but you do see the candidates actually go in and talk policy, which doesn't happen when they're on the road. Um, I'm sure it happens if you talk to them face to face. But that's not what makes it in the news. What makes it in the news are the little sound bites, and uh, that gets tiring. But debates, I really like. And I've been 
trying to think of some creative ways that we could cover the debate here on the show. And I've got some really fun ideas, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but you want to stay tuned for that, because I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun to do, and hopefully, if I'm having fun, you are too. (laughs) Um, But we have the debates coming up, and I know at least in the Fox News debate, and I think maybe in the CNN debate, I'm, I'm not sure about that, they've limited it to 10 people being on stage. And there's a lot of different opinions on this. But I, I think that the problem stems with what we consider to be a debate. Um, it, 16 people is too many people to have on a stage if you're going to debate the way they normally do. But I say, instead of limiting it to the 16 quote-unquote likeliest to win candidates, um, because, I mean, really, at this point, who knows who's likeliest to win? You know, last cycle, Michelle Bachman, Herman Cain, Rick Perry, they all ended up having... um, high spots in the polls, and it was actually Rick Perry's disastrous debate performance that really did him in. But but rather than just limiting it to 10 candidates, why not change how the debates work? Use a different method. I don't know about you, but in high school, I, my teachers, especially in my English classes, it seems like, were really obsessed with what they called Socratic seminars, and that's loosely based on... <laughs> Socrates and his seminars that he would hold. And I think Socrates is a pretty good model as <laughs> regards things like debates and thought. Um, and so how that would work is everyone would sit in a circle and um, there was no set time limit for anyone to talk. Uh, but the moderator of the debate, which in the high school class, was the teacher, could stop someone from talking, move the conversation along. The moderator could pose questions to any any participant in the seminar, and any of them could address each other as long as it remained civil. And as long as um, discussion stayed on topic. Now, I really like this idea, and I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't work with 16 candidates. The, then the moderator's job is mostly to stop a couple candidates from talking over the others, which, let's be honest, in a presidential field, none of them are exactly introverts. They're probably all going to be talking over each other, and you're not really going to have a hard time getting everyone a chance to talk because everyone's going to be sitting there fighting for their chance to talk. But I think the biggest and most important part of a debate is something you're missing out on entirely by just saying, oh, we're going to take the candidates that are top 10 in the polls. And that is that the debate is supposed to be a contrast between ideas. And just because someone's high up on the polls doesn't mean they're exactly going to contrast. It would be a whole lot more productive to have uh, Lindsey Graham and Rand Paul on the same stage. 
because they agree with each other on very few things, and they would each get the chance to make their case and directly contrast it with something. And I I really feel like restricting it to the top 10 in polls is a big mistake. If you want to restrict it to 10 people, that's fine, but pick differently. Uh, polling at this early juncture... I'm an information science major in college, so... Um, you know, we talk a lot about studies and polls and surveys and the methodology and whether or not you can use that information. And at this juncture, I'm granted, I'm not a professional, but at this juncture, I wouldn't feel comfortable basing any sort of decisions on winnability, uh, based on polls. It's, it's just crazy. You can poll... 500 people, and you can select it from a pretty good group of people. So it's people who are registered Republicans, have been for a long time, then they voted in primaries fairly recently, uh, but they might have missed, you know, midterms here and there. And you can call those people um, likely Republican voters. You you can even call people who vote in the general election, but who miss the primaries a lot, likely Republican voters. And you can call 500 of these people, and if 15 of them say they like a certain person, well, then that person is going to get 3% in the polls. And if 75 people say they like another person, then that person is going to get 15% in the polls. So for someone like Jeb Bush or Donald Trump to be earning 15% in the polls, it doesn't actually mean all that much. Now, there is a lot that we can do with polling data, even from samples of like 500 people. But at this point in the cycle, I won't go so far to say as to say polls are meaningless, but they should not carry the weight that we're giving to them. Especially because so many voters this cycle are going to be relying on the primary before they select a final candidate. And so maybe they'll say Donald Trump or Jeb Bush because they recognize the name, but, you know, maybe Bobby Jindal will make the case to them and the next time they're polled, they'll say him. You really don't... No, it's just too early, and I don't like basing the polls off of this, these national polls. I, I don't like basing the debate uh, participation on these national polls. And a lot of people are kind of panicking because Carly Fiorina is not going to be there on the stage in the in the um, top 10. But she's said herself, you know, she's she wants to earn her place. She doesn't want to be given it. That's kind of the essence of what feminism should be, actually, is saying, look, I'm an equal player. I can earn my spot. You don't have to give me special treatment because I'm a woman. The party should not say, hey, 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 
break the rules, let Carly on stage. Like, if she's on stage, she earned it. And if she's not on stage, well, she just needs to work a little harder. And that that's her attitude about this, which I think is great. And I think, by the way, that it's a very conservative attitude to have. <laughs> Rather than saying someone at this top should hand you a higher spot, you should have to earn the higher spot. That's a very conservative attitude. <laughs> and so you won't find me freaking out about whether or not she's going to be on the main stage. I I do really want to see more of her, as I've talked about in previous podcasts. And for smaller candidates like Carly Fiorina, who's maybe polling at 2-3%, or in one poll, I think it was a public policy poll, she was actually in the neighborhood of the likes of Rand Paul. Um, so that kind of puts her in a top tier, but, you know, it's public policy polling, so... Yeah, partisan polls always make me wonder. But anyway, um, someone who's polling small, polling at the bottom of the pack, uh, there, there's not much they can do to increase those polling numbers without name recognition, right? And so that's what would make them become a winning prospect of a candidate is name recognition. Well, how are they going to get name recognition if we're keeping them off the stage? If it were all up to me, if I were suddenly miraculously in charge of Fox News and CNN, first off, there are a number of shows I would cancel. But, setting that aside for a moment, um, I would just say that we should have one debate with all the candidates first. And then maybe at later debates, limit it. But in the first debate, I think everyone should be up there on that stage. All of the major players. So, I don't know how you decide major players, because I know there are other... I think there's a former IRS commissioner running for president, and he won't be up there ever. And so, I don't know how you draw that distinction. But however you draw that distinction, I think it should be drawn... Um, that one should be drawn, so it should just be major candidates on the in the first debate. But maybe in later debates, you can maybe knock a few people out and um, knock them to another day. Another thing I don't understand is that political things are like guaranteed views. Even if people don't necessarily sit down and watch them, they're, they're things that people turn on on the TV. You... <laughs> Uh, election coverage is a click-getter online. I don't understand the advantage from the network side of limiting the exposure. If if Republican candidates are yelling at each other in a debate, you get news cycle after news cycle after news cycle from that. The fewer people you have on the stage, the less likely that is to happen. And And also, like, advertisers you'd think would want to buy into election stuff. <laughs> wow, that was really articulate. But I I just don't really get it. I don't understand the merits of this plan. So, if you disagree with me, if you think that it's actually a logical 
thing to do, and that it should be cut to 10 candidates. Or maybe if you do agree with me, and you think that it's just uh, a bummer like I do, and that you wish you could change it somehow, I'd really like to know that. Go ahead and tweet me. My Twitter username is at bgreenaz, and... If, if 140 characters isn't long enough, send me a link to a post somewhere else or a YouTube video or a SoundCloud clip. I, I'd really like to know what you think. So go ahead and tweet me at BGreenAZ right now if you want to and tell me what you think. Should the debates be limited to 10 people? Should the first debates be limited to 10 people? If not, why not? And if so, why? This episode of Second Look is brought to you with the help of Octopod and um, an Ion 3. <laughs> That's the, the Octopod that I have. I uh, really like it. It fits in my pocket. It can charge my phone anywhere really fast. I needed it in a pinch the other day. I had completely forgotten to plug in my phone. And it was completely dead. And I plugged it in and it already had a... Like ten percent charge within twenty minutes or so, and it it gets you out of a bind. Go ahead and pick up an Ion Three today at octo-pod.com/outset, and you can use the coupon code outset at checkout for a limited time. So I mentioned that I'm working on some exciting things about. Uh, debate coverage and trying to to find out how I want to do that because I don't just want to comment on the debate I actually want to join the debate if, if it's at all possible um, but I'm also working on since starting this show I I feel like too often I just kind of slip and blend in with the cacophony of voices that is the right-wing media. And and I try really hard not to do that. I try to present a, an insightful perspective, uh, a different perspective because of, you know, my age. And I feel like this is something, you know, Stephen and Matt, the other podcasters for Outset, they have their their style and and it's more funny poking fun at people and they're really good at it and um i've i feel like i've kind of gotten in a rut here and so i'm working on a couple projects that with second look and i don't have dates or anything so this is just one of those annoying teasers where you're gonna want to know what it is and i'm not going to give you any relevant information. Ha 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 ha. But, um, I, when, when I started this show, I had the express goal of being very different, being unique, um, being somewhere that people would look to for a different kind of right-wing perspective. And I, I don't feel like I've been doing as good of a job at that as I could, so if you have any ideas for me as far as how to improve the show, um, how to, um, maybe, maybe you just have an idea for a little segment that I should bring up every week or every month. This week in Taylor Swift news, well, I guess that would be Steven's area, 
Um, but just something like that. If, if you have any ideas that you think would make a good addition to the show that kind of go along with uh, the mission here, go ahead and let me know. Tweet me. Uh, if you want my email address, you can tweet me, and then I'll give you my email address. I'm not just going to read it out over the air. <laughs> I don't want a lot of <laughs> spam. But um, let me know, because I'm really looking to new ideas. On the note also of it being August, not only is it primary time, but it's time for a new cover story at OutsetMagazine.com. And last month's cover story was written by Stephen, and um, he talked about the Supreme Court decisions, and Stephen is a supporter of gay marriage, but he doesn't like the way the Supreme Court ruled about it. And if you want to know more about that, don't don't listen to me talk about it. Go to his cover story at OutsetMagazine.com. Go listen to his podcast if you don't already. You should. But uh, I Stephen's post, I've read it a few times this month, and it really got me thinking. And it's kind of funny. He took a break from Twitter this weekend... And I actually took a break at the same time. I, we, we turned, turned out that way. I, I don't know about you, Stephen, but for me, it was mostly just Donald Trump. I'm tired of hearing about him and everyone's vitriolic opinions about him. And that just kind of, I was like, okay, no Twitter for the weekend. And I got back today and found, uh, he, he actually took a break from Twitter again and wrote a post about it on on medium it really is somewhat alarming to look at history and see what we parallel the l- the last sentence of stephen's post on medium today is that if we don't well i'm not going to quote it exactly but um and and i'll put links to both his cover story and his medium post in the show notes on outsetmagazine.com if if we don't get our act together, we're going to go the way of other great civilizations, was kind of the gist of what he said. And it really is kind of scary to see the parallels that we have to other historical societies, especially Rome. In in a lot of ways, we're just Rome all over again. And in a lot of ways, they were just Greece all over again. Civilizations rise and civilizations fall and we happen to live in a really, really great civilization. I think that we are very privileged to live here. I, Our founding ideals of freedom and liberty for everyone are great. They're noble. In, in my opinion, they're the best. And should this civilization ever fall... It would be a bad thing. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I'm I'm not sure about that, but every now and then I I know I've mentioned it on Twitter. Every now and then I muse about seceding from the union. When things are frustrating me, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand, but sometimes you don't want to be a part of the house anymore. <laughs> sometimes you want to let it fall and just let it burn down. But if America ever were to burn down, 
um, to fail. It would be a sad thing. We have a great nation. It was founded by great men. And so many people have given their lives in defense of this nation and freedom and liberty. And I'm not even talking about uh, military service necessarily, uh, while that is a big part of it, but just everyday people who are dedicated to making the world a little bit more free and making our nation a little bit more free. That includes congressmen and mayors and janitors and cab drivers. And it's a remarkable country. We've been able to accomplish so much as a nation, and it really isn't too far-fetched to imagine it all falling apart. Civil discourse is virtually non-existent. There is discourse, but there's nothing civil about it. And this is not a good thing. And at outset, we stand for free markets, for liberty, um, for respect, and I really appreciate what Stephen's trying to do as regards uh, reclaiming civil discourse. So I guess the point of all this, what I'm trying to get at, is just admonishing you to start looking for ways you can help fix the system. The system's broken. Everyone agrees that. Whether it's left, right, independent, you may think one side has too much power, one side has too little power, but it's it's a lot deeper than that. We have fled from our principles that were espoused at the founding of this nation, and unless we get those back, things aren't going to get much better. So... Boy, this is a great note to end the show on. But we we can get it back. It's not too late yet. We just need to work together to come to solutions in this country. And um, really just working together, acknowledging that we are fellow Americans, despite our political differences, I feel like would go a long way to start our recovery as a nation. So between now and next week, be thinking of ways that you can help out. Uh, you can pitch into your community. Maybe it's picking up trash on the side of the road so the city doesn't have to pay for it and that everyone's taxes can be spent a little bit better. Or maybe you should run for office, or maybe you should start a blog. What, Whatever it is, make your contribution to liberty and to freedom and to good civil discourse. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. If you have some ideas for what I can do to make the show better, what we can do together to make this country better, or even just if you had an opinion about today's show, please tweet me, at BGreenAZ. Steven is the host of another show on the Outset Podcast Network, and he's also the editor-in-chief of Outset. You can find him at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins on Twitter. 
And of course, there's OutsetMagazine.com and at OutsetMagazine on Twitter. Make sure you're keeping up with all of those things. And also check out The Matt Dallas Show. He's really great, too. Please subscribe to all of our podcasts and iTunes. You can now find them all on a single page. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you give us a rating, it really helps us gain exposure. So please do that as well. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great week.